0: How long can a human sleep for? What happens if you drink liquid paper? All of these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal, paranormal Life. Life! Welcome, everyone, to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we investigate a brand new paranormal tale, case, claim, or beast and come to a conclusion as to whether or not it is truly paranormal my name is rory powers your lead investigator for today and i'm joined of course by the one and only kit greer how are you doing kit i'm the backup
1: investigator on today's case if rory is to die mid recording i will dutifully take up the script and finish the pod and then if there's time at the end call the emergency services
0: this isn't going out live or anything so you could probably if you want you could call the show the emergency must services. go on my friends yeah
1: <laughs> And if you are gasping for breath and if you are tugging on my trousers saying, Kit, I'm still alive, but barely get me to the A&E, I'll sounds say like you take silence because it sounds like the, you should truth, take must priority go the truth must go on over that because it sounds because like in this hypothetical, the podcast priority. I could
0: be saved. It sounds like I could be saved in that hypothetical. So, so, I mean,
1: you think one person's life, your life is worth more than the enjoyment of thousands of people?
0: I don't know why you couldn't just save me. And then we could both do the
1: show Look, I'm just even at the hospital together. I would expect you to do actually something quite different in the case of my uh, death. Because if I collapse the floor, I need you to stop the pod. So it's different for you if yeah, it was of you? Of course. <laughs> different rules for lead investigator versus backup. Then you're, I, I don't know why you're getting angry at me. This has been the policy the whole time. You just haven't died yet on the pod.
0: And if something happens to both of us at the same time, we have Mike and Jerry just off camera waiting to hop in at every second. And if something happens to Mike and Jerry, we've got Jessica and Larry and they're ready to hop in it. There's a whole chain of
1: command. That's right. And if you get eight or nine steps on that chain of command, we did get desperate. It does. I think it's just our both our moms.
0: You know, some people are going to say that the only reason we're hosting the show right now is because... We killed our predecessors, and that's how we got the slot. And uh, those claims are completely unfounded. And if you say them again, I'll, I'll end you. Like I did them. Wait, you might want to... Sorry. The guy to <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Can we actually beep that in the edit or something? Because I f***ed up there big time. And I think uh, the less I say about what we did due to the, to the original host of the show, I think is... I'm talking again. I'm, I'm putting my foot in my mouth All here. All am
1: saying is Mike and Jerry don't get any big ideas because we're here to stay.
0: Uh, let's just forget that I mentioned anything about that, and we'll just jump into today's case. It was August 25th, 1972, and we're in the Kera region of Kochi, Japan, where 13-year-old Michio Sio was on his way home from school. He was walking leisurely down the streets, past the rice fields, when he noticed something out of the corner of his eye. Something small, fluttering in the air above the fields. Michio was in no rush, so... Being the curious little 13-year-old that he was, he ran into the field to get a closer look. But he didn't realize he was about to discover something no one else had seen before.
1: Just stay out of the field. It's a
0: good start, isn't it? Already an exciting start. A new
1: type of rice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This was the day brown rice was discovered. It had been white up until then. The object hovered in the sky, moving in a jolty motion, almost like a bat. But this thing wasn't an animal, it was made of metal, a strange metal that was dull, not shiny at all. Hmm. Michio says it was the shape and size of a hat, almost as if, let's just say it, it looked like a tiny little UFO. Wow, really? Yeah. Michio's eyes were fixed on the little ship, not wanting to lose sight of it, but as he drew closer to the strange little craft. He was struck by a blinding beam of light that froze him in his tracks. Too afraid to get any closer, Michio ran out of the field. Good lord. What are your thoughts so far, kid? on this tiny little,
1: cute little UFO? The implications here are enormous, Rory, that, that any time you might have seen a hat...
0: <laughs> right, okay. ...at any
1: given moment, that could have been a tiny UFO.
0: I don't know how many hats you see just out in the wild fluttering about like a bat. Made of dull metal.
1: <laughs> uh, still very alarming. If a if a ray of light you know, comes out of this thing and, and hits you, that's terrifying. Is it some kind of tractor beam, some kind of neuralizer?
0: Yeah. I like the idea of of seeing this craft and, and you're like, my God it must be just on the edge of the horizon. It's enormous. (laughs) And then it just like (laughs) bumps into your head and you're like, oh, it's tiny and very close. Just making the same noise as a drone. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we don't usually see a lot of crafts like this. So I already thought this was an interesting case. Very. Michio decided the best thing he could do was to find his friends and tell them what he'd just seen, which as we know, Trying to tell your friends you've seen a UFO is always a difficult task, even when it's a real life-size UFO. Yeah, what are you
1: going to tell them? Stuart <laughs> Little from the planet Gorgon <laughs> has come down
0: as Little Red UFO? Yeah, it's not going to help if they're like, you know, you're trying to tell us this giant UFO descended on a rice field. If you reply, we're going, that's the thing. It was the size of a f- bean. They're like, okay. <laughs> We were already not on board for it being a normal UFO. Lie to us and tell us it's a normal UFO first. And then maybe if we see the thing, we can come to terms with how small it is. Yeah. It's like you're throwing too many things at them. It's kind of... uh, Did I mention it smelt like purple? It's like, okay. (laughs) Okay, Michio, I think you had enough rice for one day. He's
1: got like, (laughs) he's just got like rice all around his mouth. It's like, if you just did you just start eating the f-ing bad rice in the middle of the field? It is kind of funny, though, isn't it? Because if we're talking in terms of potentially extraterrestrial life, why is the size of the craft such a big obstacle to believing the story? Like, right. Is it not crazy enough as
0: is? Yeah, because we're not saying, you know, three tiny little guys are going to come out of it. You know, this could be like a little recon drone flying around to just scan the, That's true. the the environment and then head back up to the mothership. We don't know yet.
1: But it is kind of funny that, you know, so many people can accept E.T., but they absolutely draw the line at an alien the size of a mouse. Like, E.T.'s already pretty small.
0: <laughs> he can fit in the basket of a bike. <laughs> <laughs> well, despite their skepticism, Michio led the gang back to the outskirts of town and began scanning the sky above the rice paddies trying to find this tiny UFO. Hours passed, but there was no flying saucer to be seen. The kids were getting tired and hungry, and it was starting to get dark. Was this some kind of joke to you, Michio? My mom's going to be worried sick. Yeah, I can't believe you... Mate, desu ka? I'm sorry, I, my sense of place is really <laughs> rocked by this dialogue. Just using some immersive storytelling here by bringing in their natural tongue.
1: Because I I would just like to jump in here and and just, I could help translate that for the viewers because I've actually been to Japan on holiday for at least a week. Uh, I picked up a couple things there. So I think in this case, uh, Michio's friend is saying, uh, f***ing hell, there it is. No, that's not what they're saying at all. It is, it is.
0: What, mate, kori wa nandesuka? Yeah, mate. No it's, not. it's absolutely
1: not hell Nandescar. Why would he be so there it rude? Is. Why would he it's even as, simple be as that? So rude? One word per word,
0: you know, it's <laughs> these are children as so I don't think any of that would be in their vocabulary. This is gritty realistic dialogue. <laughs> these aren't East End gangsters <laughs> hunting a UFO. <laughs> Fucking hell mate. What the <laughs> hell's that? What's that coming down the apples and pears, yeah? <laughs> said Michio the 9-year-old <laughs> schoolboy. The kids craned their heads upwards to see something twinkling above their heads. It was the little craft! The children watched as it flashed different colors while it floated from side to side. Knowing that this was their chance to get a better look, the boys slowly started to approach the craft. But before they could get close, the craft turned blue and emitted a horrifying, deafening roar. The teens covered their ears and ran home as fast as their little legs could carry them. Kit, are you done at this point? I feel like I'm done.
1: What, if you're one of the little boys? If I'm one of
0: these little boys, this yeah. thing obviously doesn't want to be messed with. It's flashing you. It's screeching in your eyes and ears. At what point do you, is it not worth it? I
1: agree. I mean, I think, you know, At this, well, the little boy equivalent of Nukit is... Go get your big brother to beat it up
0: <laughs> right with a baseball bat <laughs> uh yeah, this is terrifying, yeah, it's pretty insane like it's it obviously doesn't want to be f- with you' yeah. you're, you're f- with it pretty hard and you eventually you're gonna wake it up and it's probably going to disintegrate one of the children,
1: yeah, I mean, Michio got lucky the first couple of times I mean he should have like he should have counted his blessings the first time that it didn't just vaporize him,
0: <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think maybe they'll they'll keep pushing it a little bit too far. So, you know, they'll come back and they'll throw some stones at it and it'll be like, Please stop, humans. I am only here to observe. Please refrain from touching me. <laughs> and they're like, pinning it to the ground, poking it in all the little holes. And it's like, Please stop, tail driver. Disintegrate, disintegrate, children. Get the f <laughs> off of me. <laughs> just snaps. It just grows arms <laughs> and starts punching them. All right. It.
1: I ignored my friends when they said this
0: was a shithole planet. Destroying <laughs> Earth in
1: five, four. Oh, four... Oh, we're sorry. We're sorry. Tsumimasaen.
0: <laughs> oh, you speak Japanese. <laughs> it's pretty brave for them to approach this thing a second time. And they're not done yet, either. While the kids were a little shaken up, they weren't gonna let this thing get away. It had reappeared once, maybe it would turn up again. Mm. It did. September 4th. The tiny UFO reappeared, once again flying low over the rice fields. The kids tried approaching the craft, but again, it blasted them with a light to scare them away. (laughs) At this point, the kids realized this thing would be impossible to catch. If they wanted evidence to show the world, they were going to have to get it some other way. So two days later, when the craft returned, the boys had a camera in hand, ready to capture the evidence they needed. Love this. This is how paranormal investigators are born. Oh, yeah. We're
1: all, we all start off life wandering through rice paddies, looking for the unknown. That sacred, sacred new type of rice. Uh, when little do we know, something even crazier is lurking around the corner, and we have to f- capture it using physical evidence.
0: I got a lot of respect for these kids as well, for having the intuition mm. to bring a camera the amount of adults that we have come across in paranormal cases where it's never even a thought for them to bring a camera photo or video to capture any evidence. For
1: some reason they just think their word is as good as gold. (laughs) Right.
0: They're like, well, the last time I saw Bigfoot, I was 12 beers deep. So I'm going to get 12 beers deep again and hope he shows up (laughs) like, no, go back to where you found him with a camera crew. This is one of those times that like, Kids just know better than us. Sometimes it's right. Sometimes they do. So the boys slowly crept up on the tiny UFO as it was resting on the ground. And before it knew that they were there, they managed to snap a picture. The moment the camera went off, the craft began spinning around and slowly started to lift off into the air. Quickly, Michio! Take another picture before it gets away! When they snapped another picture, the floating hat emitted a brief bright flash before falling to the ground motionless wow one of the boys hiroshimori bravely stepped forward and picked up the object a moment that was captured in this photograph yo
1: check this out let's go so what year was this again 1972 okay 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 that would make sense because this photo looks like it was taken on a game boy
0: Right. Oh yeah. It's pretty, it's, the resolution isn't great.
1: There's about uh, 16 pixels, all of them black and white. <laughs> no, it's a good photo though. Uh, we are definitely in a rice paddy or something. Um, this is one of the young boys and he is indeed holding something. Um, y- you know, something's there. What I, do you
0: want? What do you want us to say? You know? Yeah. It, it's, just, it's it's what, exactly what it is. Yeah. It
1: does look like a very small hat. Uh, silver in size uh, or silver in color and small small in shape and stature. This thing could definitely go by easily unnoticed. So, uh, fair yeah. play to them for spotting it.
0: The one thing that I like about it, I mean, there are some uh, some better pictures as well of the craft, uh, which you're going to see, but it doesn't really look like anything that I've seen before.
1: No, this it, is a totally novel shape for it's, this it's part of my life.
0: As he held it, Hiroshi could feel the internal mechanisms whirring. Not wanting it to get away, he wrapped it in a blanket and shoved it in his backpack, where they decided to take it home for closer inspection. I think that's a pretty ballsy move. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You gotta uh you gotta be pretty sure that thing's not gonna start up. When it's in the backpack, or else you're going to the moon.
1: <laughs> he, he's just—he walks in the door, "Mom, I'm home," and they're like, "Oh, how was your day?" Whoa! He just <laughs> smashes up through the roof as if he's been yanked uh, with a bungee cord. Take a
0: picture! Take a picture!
1: <laughs> he escapes into the clouds. Uh, yeah, you're—you're you're wearing a jetpack at I mean, that point. It, Not to mention, what if this thing is, like, radioactive? (laughs) What if it... uh, What if it's jet engines power on and it roasts your ass with a thousand-degree
0: centigrade uh, beam? What if your mum goes to check if you brought your homework back and this thing flashbangs her eyes as soon as it's opened? It's like, oh, I wonder if Hiroshi brought his pack lunch back from... Oh, you leave it
1: alone for two seconds in the kitchen with your mom and dad. You come back and they're just like Thanos snap style, just disintegrating. <laughs> I don't feel so good, Hiroshi.
0: <laughs> no, it's uh, it's pretty brave to 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 think you can control this thing in any way. This is like um, the uh, the TV sh- show about uh, Chernobyl when people are just picking up rocks to try and move them from A to B. That's not a rock. That's a piece of radioactive core. And now you have not long left to live. It could be the same with this. You don't know what its genetic makeup of the planet that it's from. This is like... It could be from planet Zargon, where dirt is fire and air is knives. So you maybe don't want to touch it too softly. This is like
1: 10-year-old Ash Ketchum... Uh, capturing a legendary god Pokemon with a Pokeball right? and then just sticking it in his pocket and thinking he can go on with the rest of his life with a god (laughs) Pokemon uh, on his person. He's opened a can of worms. He's opened the Pandora's box and life will never
0: be the same again. It's dangerous. Are are we going to say that these kids have now entered some sort of paranormal realm where they could die at any second? There's only one way to find out to continue the story now this is why this case is amazing uh because they actually managed to capture the craft there is so much information about it that they took down these kids are pros as i said they're better than some adults wow (laughs) hell they're better than us they weighed and measured the craft it was about one kg eight by four inches large but the most startling part was what was on the base of the object The perimeter of the craft was covered by strange, concentric circles, and the middle part had 31 neatly arranged holes surrounded by engravings that looked like they'd been done by hand. Or alien claw. (laughs) Now I could go on to describe what this disc looked like, or I could just show it to you. That's right, after capturing the disc, the boys took close-up photographs and you were complaining about the resolution before? Have a little peep at that, my friend.
1: Wow, this is a lot more details. This is really fantastic stuff. So, yeah, the the underside of this thing is very fascinating looking. I mean, if I had to describe it broadly, you know, the outside of this, uh, of this circular shape looks a little bit like um, a cross-section of a tree with all the rings. Right, right. Um, but the inner portion is yes these interesting circular shapes looks a little bit like a shower head but then with clear designs as well some kind of clearly there's kind of a functional design here but there's also some kind of artistic one they've got kind of little drawings on there
0: yeah it's kind of like I guess putting uh you know how we put like vinyls on our cars like stickers and stuff it looks like (laughs) we want our UFO to go faster. So here's a picture of a bird on it or a right. cloud.
1: Here's an RIP Paul Walker carving. And then this <laughs> one just says, ass, gas or grass. No one rides for free.
0: <laughs> There's a, yep. Yeah, honk. If you're horny on the side there that I mentioned, it was honking pretty hard when the kids found it, it actually wouldn't shut up.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty horny.
0: Yeah. It's kind of hard to make out what those, those um, sketchings are from that, this picture But uh, from the boys' description, they said it was uh, pictures of a bird, clouds, and some sort of flying object. Bird, clouds, and... Interesting.
1: Yeah. That is pretty fascinating, though, because doesn't that infer that this thing potentially comes from somewhere with those things? That's a really
0: good point. Or is it... Are those, uh, you know... Uh, signifiers or s- symbolic of earth yeah so they're like oh where's this little frisbee going again it's like well check the base you f- idiot craig clouds bird it's going to the cloud bird planet earth obviously <laughs> and then they just like a frisbee golfing frat boy just chuck it down where it starts doing uh its reconnaissance that's a
1: really interesting concept i guess it's a little bit like how i don't know back in the day they might have called boats something to do with where that boat came to and from what its journey was whether yeah. it was like you know the west indies you know hms west indies or something
0: this is basically like uh, a postal address right you know that's instead of just saying giving the coordinates for earth they're like hey it's the cloud cloud
1: bird place it's really f- though that this happens quite often on uh, in paranormal ufo stories uh that these seemingly alien civilizations have control over incredible technology to fly between galaxies. They also don't use words. <laughs> they just draw <laughs> right.
0: pictures still. And might I say, I think Earth got off quite lightly by being referred to as the cloud bird
1: place. If you're some kind of flying civilization, and maybe you get around everywhere um, by flying in a craft, and maybe you even come from somewhere like Venus, you know, they've hypothesized maybe there's aliens there that just live in a cloud city. Wow. Um, Maybe like they just Calrissian. Yeah, maybe they just came to Earth and never looked below the clouds. Yeah, like, this is just f- clouds and birds for millions of miles.
0: You'd be pissed off if you went to an alien ship and found all these discs, I and mean, we were like, "Yeah, so that disc, uh, as you can see, the base plate is uh, made of solid gold. So it's going to the Afcon galaxy, where um, you know, people are living a perfect utopia." This one's going to, uh, and as you can see, it's just uh, a happy face because people have perfectly mastered the uh, balance of emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, This one's earth. Uh, As you can see, it's the poop emoji, uh, shitting on a smaller poop emoji um, that uh, we actually just used from a bunch of recycled parts. If that one doesn't get back to us, we don't actually, we don't actually care too much. The last one we sent down there, the humans tried to eat it and f*** it. So uh we're not really <laughs> not really holding out much for uh, for that one. It's a dirt planet for dirt people. <laughs> yeah, I'll take uh I'll take the birds and clouds. That's pretty <laughs> that sounds pretty nice actually. Now these were sensible young men. They decided to take their discovery to the highest authority they knew, one of their dads. Luckily, it just so happened that he was also the director of the Kochi Center of Scientific Education. Interesting. This could also
1: explain this these boys. ...bent towards the scientific and their curious little minds. Yeah. They've they've been raised the right way to question and and be curious about the outside
0: world. If anyone could tell them what this thing was, it was probably him. But Mr. Mutsuo was a busy man. He gave it a quick glance, but ultimately didn't take the boy's story very seriously. If we've learned anything from over 200 paranormal investigations, it's that if you're a child, you best hope you don't have a paranormal experience... (laughs) Because no one's going to believe you. If you're 17 years old and on the eve of your 18th birthday, Bigfoot crashes your house party. Mm. You're going to be like, dude, can you please just come back in one day while I'll be a grown man legally and people will take this seriously. Yeah. A 17 year old boy saying he saw Bigfoot. Nobody gives a shit. You have to be an adult to have a paranormal experience.
1: It's so true. You know, if you're a child and you've seen something paranormal, sad to say, but you might as well go back to playing your Nintendos because no one's gonna listen to you. They're gonna think it happened in the Nintendo game.
0: Yeah, maybe keep your mouth shut and then retell it, and hopefully it'll still make sense in the context of being a man. Yeah, it'll
1: <laughs> be like the Parasite movie. At the end, it's like you need to now go on like a eight year. Change of lifestyle, where you try and become a successful businessman, and then in the middle of a board meeting, someday, be like, "Hey, I actually saw something weird.
0: Now that you all respect me, I need to really bring this up." (laughs) I don't know why we're a business because Earth Money means nothing to me. (laughs) For what I saw was pretty up. They're like, if you had told us this, we wouldn't have made you CEO of the company because I feel like you don't have profits at the heart of your priorities. You're goddamn right, Michael. Because I think you're one of them. <laughs> Cuz I've been taking those profits
1: and I've been throwing them in this portal to another galaxy. That's a toilet. <laughs> you idiot. Well, it's like I've told the story about how we went to primary school with um a kid who insisted that he was a Beetleborg.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right.
1: He might have been for all I know. This is it. This is the thing no one will ever believe him because he was a child at the time. Cuz
0: we also, you know, the the big uh the closest we ever got to gang wars in Northern Ireland was um, the Beetleborgs versus the Power Rangers kids Sure, a- at school. And I think I've maybe said it on this podcast before, but uh, I was the Red Ranger at school. I was the leader of the Power Ranger kids.
1: Which is really humble of you, by the way, to, to, you. to give yourself that title. Well, I earned, Red it. I earned it
0: through the blood of many children. <laughs> so.
1: It's like the podcast. You I- had to kill
0: the other Red Ranger <laughs> I actually beat the shit out of that Beetleborg nerd. And it was tough because he actually was a Beetleborg. He had a lot of power, He had a lot of moves. He had a lot of cool moves. What the f*** were the Beetleborgs? Weren't they just like bootleg Power Rangers?
1: Yeah. I think did they turn into like giant Beetle-shaped robots or something? Yeah. It was very similar. Or
0: they had a car that was also a Beetle and they like came out of the Beetle's ass. I
1: don't know why they were so tied to the Beetle concept. I mean, Power Rangers, they turned into many different things. If
0: anything, the Beetle part was really handcuffing them uh, to a premise that they shouldn't have been involved in. And they're not a very cool or dangerous animal. <laughs> what board meeting were these old white men just like, all right, you know what kids love power Rangers and beetles. So let's give them both. Kids are always eating f-ing bugs. Let's give <laughs> them bugs. That's what they want. Uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, um, it was part of that generation of children's entertainment when they were just combining things together. Mm. So, you know, it would be like biker mice from Mars. (laughs) It was always something and something
1: else like mashed together. The kind of Cards Against Humanity style pitch concept. You just put random ideas together. Me and my wife actually saw her niece recently and uh, who's about three or so or four. Three, I think. Sorry, just
0: before you go on, is she a Beetleborg or a Power Ranger? I just uh, need to. I just need to understand. I don't her. think
1: either of those shows are very relevant anymore. So I don't think she would claim though. to be part of either faction.
0: Okay. Do you think though, if she had to choose, do you think she's more part of the Beatle Alliance? Or uh, I mean, is she one of the good guys? Let's word it like that. I
1: mean, what is this going to affect your opinion of this child? It's going to. It's going
0: to affect. A lot of things going forward. It's going to depend on whether my fist affects her face. Okay, well, that's
1: a three-year-old you're talking about, so that's quite enough.
0: Yeah, the next time we're back in Northern Ireland and I see her by the house, I just sneak up behind her. It's morphin' time! (laughs) Swing and miss. She absolutely takes me out. Oh, you beetle bastard! I don't know what that is. (laughs) It's morphin' time! (laughs) So high-pitched. why do a sneak attack and then yell it's morphin' time before you do it? It's the at the nursery school is just the, like
1: a wanted poster of Rory in a <laughs> in a children's red Power Ranger outfit, <laughs>
0: belly hanging out.
1: But do uh, not let this man near the school. I was surprised to see that these kids were watching the show uh, on Netflix called Dinosaur King. Um, wow, which I don't know if it's new, but. It was basically Digimon.
0: What uh, really? I
1: mean, here's the Netflix little preview.
0: Whoa! I've never even heard of this. It's like a, it's like an anime and everything. Yeah, it, it's, it's like what? An anime. That's a Digimon.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just Digimon. But like you know, these kids in 2021, with all every all the new stuff in the world, they still want to see anime boys and girls running around
0: capturing monsters and fighting each other. It's timeless. It really is. (laughs) It really is. A good idea is a good idea forever. Where the heck am I? They showed it to their dad, the scientist, who was a busy man, took a quick glance, didn't give a shit. Sure. The gang left with the little spaceship tucked back into the rucksack, disappointed that they hadn't got the answers they were looking for. But they weren't giving up. Maybe tomorrow they could find their answers. The next day, When the kids opened up the backpack to re-examine the craft, it was gone. It had somehow escaped from the bag and was nowhere to be seen. Over the next few weeks, they scoured the skies above the rice fields, but saw nothing but rain clouds.
1: I mean, I don't know why they thought a zip on a bag could keep this thing hostage.
0: I guess it doesn't have any, like, hands or anything, so if it can just kind of fly and bounce about, maybe... Maybe oh, this, well, is, this I, is
1: the best case scenario. They're very lucky. This thing didn't burn down the house.
0: This is the weirdest thing that could have happened because one thing, it could have just taken off inside of the bag, mm-hmm. and your bag is <laughs> your bag is gone now. So true. Uh, but for it to have escaped the bag, unzipped it somehow, and disappeared without a trace, I'm starting to
1: think Mr. Mitsuo opened the bag and took the thing out because he actually was pretty interested.
0: Uh, I don't know. Seems like he's pretty dismissive right off the bat. All right. I think in interviews, he's even gone on to say he regrets not giving this a second thought. Sure. You know, that's, that's the cliche, isn't it? You, you, uh, you grow up and you're the businessman. You don't have time for your son's little games. Your son's little games are actually extraterrestrial life.
1: Your son's little f-ing game
0: is a bigger deal in your entire scientific career. How about that? Isn't that so poetic? You know, he's working in the lab with a coat on, examining the stars. I don't know what he's doing. In
1: a lab, <laughs> looking at the stars.
0: Searching. From the inside or outside. <laughs> Feeling that cold breeze of the laboratory, the dark lab. You know, he's looking for the answers. And he had them handed to him by a child. And he said, get There's- that f-ing scrap metal out of my sight, you little bastard. This thing's glowing. <laughs> Wow! I know the secrets to eternity Get that (laughs) f***ing microwave (laughs) out of my face The thing was gone They couldn't find it But finally, two weeks later The bad weather had passed And the boys went out to hunt the object down once more Retracing all the spots they'd seen it in Eventually, they caught sight of it over the rice fields again At this point, the kids are a well-oiled machine They're like a SWAT (laughs) team They capture the ship once again, secure it tightly in the bag, making sure the zipper is done all the way up and around. (laughs) They walk home, discussing what their next step should be. We should take it apart and see how it works. I think we need to take it back to your dad. He didn't even look at the engravings. Take it out, let me see them again. They unzip the backpack to discover the craft was gone again. (laughs)
1: off. Holy moly.
0: This thing is hard to pin down. They couldn't believe it. It had taken them two weeks to find the thing again, and it had just disappeared. Wow. Pretty crazy.
1: It's getting a lot more elusive. It's a good thing there was multiple kids there, because you're turning to Hiroshi and you're like, did you fing I'm not going crazy, right? Yeah. And he's like, no, we did get it. We did put it in a bag.
0: Yeah, you'd be starting to freak out a little bit if you're yeah. just, you know, just double you be double checking every two minutes to make sure it's still there. So this thing can basically teleport. That's what it seems like. It has a couple more um, disappearances coming up, but uh, that's more or less what it can do. (laughs) Instead of giving up, they put their heads together to make a plan to nail this thing once and for all. The boys hunkered down, examining all the evidence that they'd gathered so far. They went over the times and dates of each sighting, looking for a pattern or a connection of some kind. That's when they realized... The only reason the craft had disappeared for two weeks was because of the weather. Huh? They had only seen it on dry days, never once when it had been raining.
1: Mm. These kids are smart.
0: This is great, isn't it? It's fun to have a UFO uh, case where it's not like a flash in the pan incident.
1: Yeah, like this is a repeatable, which is, I think that's a word scientists use, repeatable thing.
0: It's it's great to have all of this evidence, all of this testimony, and uh, I really appreciate the work that they put in, even when their parents were so dismissive. So on the next sunny day, the boys made their way out to the field, carrying buckets of water. Once again, they spotted the little craft. And this time, one of the boys managed to leap on it with a blanket, pinning it to the ground. Once the craft was down, the boys began dumping their water buckets over the lump of the blanket. Oh my god, they're so pissed. <laughs> they're basically waterboarding <laughs> a little UFO. <laughs> then they peeled the cloth back and flipped over the silver craft onto its back, where they poured water directly into the Whoa, little okay, holes. what did it do to deserve this? <laughs> this is kind of f***ed, isn't it? I don't, know. I don't know if there's ever been a case we've examined where I've been on the side of the UFO. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a spaceship. Why should we care? I know. Tell us your
1: secrets or die, mother (laughs) Or we'll drown
0: you. You don't like water, do you? Have some of this. The craft began to light up and buzz as if it was (laughs) short-circuiting. I'm sure it was. quickly let's get it home and take it apart before it escapes again we were joking about this earlier but how fitting is this that as we said you know if these discs were sent to a bunch of planets it's a shame that the one that ended up on earth no one gave a about until kids had to pin it down and drown it and then smash it with a hammer if that thing is transmitting a signal back up to uh extraterrestrials it's gonna say there is no intelligent life here
1: (laughs) yeah they're They're still
0: in monkey phase they're they're three foot tall beasts of man (laughs) they took me briefly to a big human uh who didn't give a shit they took me to their overlord even after i disappeared from the backpack four times they put me back in the backpack (laughs) Once they were home, the boys gathered all the tools that they could carry and started to try and dismantle the UFO. None of the screwdrivers, pliers, or wrenches could open it up a millimeter. This thing was airtight. This is so rude of Hiroshi's dad
1: at this point. I mean, I get it. If they turn up with a piece of scrap metal, you might be like, I'm busy. But the second that they say, hey, this thing keeps appearing in the same spot, hovering in a rice field... For weeks, <laughs> right? He should be like, "All right, I am pretty busy, but actually, I'll pause my one PM meeting because that actually sounds kind of weird."
0: Uh, yeah, it's hard to say how much they continue to try and get their parents involved, or if maybe right, after this the first bit, they were thing. like, "You know what, guys, fuck it the yeah. adults aren't gonna listen to us. This is it. It's boy time." Mm. Um, and then they just, you know did did everything by themselves from that point onward.
1: We've talked many times about the dad squad that have been so helpful in various investigations around the world, but never about a child squad.
0: Yeah, a boy squad.
1: Boy squad of uh, young investigators.
0: Not to be confused with Boy Scouts. <laughs> no, There's no. Lots of Those little things.
1: shits don't know anything about the paranormal. <laughs> I've tried for years to lobby the Boy Scouts of America to uh, create a tracking Bigfoot badge, and they refuse.
0: Yeah, they were like, we want to teach him how to tie a knot. Sure. And I said, I do not give a shit if they know how to tie or or, or not. I need them to be able to secure Bigfoot with ropes to the front of my car. That's what I need so to be able do.
1: So they do need to be able to tie a knot. Well, to sure, one or two about.
0: would help. One or two just to make sure he's on there. What age are you? There's no
1: way you were young enough to be a Boy Scout. Where did you get this uniform?
0: I don't need them to know how to make a campfire, all right? I need them to know how to survive in the wilderness on a cold, ice cold, frosty night. The only way to survive in the wilderness on
1: a frosty night is with a campfire.
0: Or a big jacket held together with knots. That's right. You can use your shoelace actually to tie a jacket closed if the zipper breaks.
1: We've tried teaching you that everything you want to accomplish can be accomplished through the current Boy Scouts program. You can learn all the skills necessary to track Bigfoot.
0: I don't need them to know how to pitch a tent. I need them to know how to make shelter anywhere from anything. okay Cloth, pegs.
1: You need to leave the Boy Scouts.
0: Inflatable tents. When they're alone in the wilderness face-to-face with a grizzly bear, do you think their grizzly bear handling badge is going to come in handy? No, it's not. Because what you need is pure animal instincts.
1: You have the least badges of any of the Boy Scouts here. You don't know anything of how the wilderness works. Not so hard, all
0: right? You, the, the string you gave me was too thin and I couldn't do it. You gave a bigger string to Trevor and he's got magic little fingers. It's not fair, honestly. Like You are the <laughs> oldest Boy Scout we have ever seen. There is no way you remember. Morning
1: of uh, their second day of their big camp All the boys emerge from their tents, rested and ready for an exciting day in their pristine uniforms. You're f- naked, passed
0: out with icicles dangling from your hair and clothes, sir. I'm proud to say that I just qualified for my shitting in a bucket badge. That's not a badge. There's a porta potty over there. <laughs> <laughs> that bucket was the only clean drinking water we all had. Oh, god. So the water wasn't working, the tools weren't working, they decided to get creative and looped some wire through the holes at the bottom. When they hung it upside down, the top and the bottom half seemed to separate just slightly. Hmm. There appeared to be electronic components inside, but they couldn't pull it apart no matter how much force they used. Hmm. Eventually, they got frustrated and decided to smash it with a hammer. But no matter how hard they pummeled this object... They didn't leave a single mark, no dents, not even a scratch. Interesting. So this thing is, this thing made of
1: aluminium or stainless steel, my friends. They're bashing it with a hammer, and nothing's, nothing's happening.
0: Nothing's happening. Come on, guys! It's got to break eventually. Come on! Sing it with me. Gonna break inside the alien craft. Gonna, gonna break, break inside the alien craft. craft. Gonna break inside the, the alien. The gang pummeled the little inside. UFO for hours until the sun set, and it was time to go home. The alien craft's gonna break inside. The alien craft's gonna, gonna break inside. The alien craft. craft. <sighs> it's getting late. I should get home. My parents will be worried. Yeah, mine too. Michio waved his friend's goodnight at the door, and stumbled back inside, yawning. <sighs> Maybe tomorrow they would make some progress. But being a tired, little, sleepy, baby-brained boy, he went to sleep, forgetting to secure the little UFO for the night. (laughs) I guess they thought if you hammered it for four hours, maybe you would have broken its little robot legs. (laughs) Sure. Or at least its spirit.
1: But this thing just looked like a drunk driver (laughs) UFO, just like knocking into shit, (laughs) knocking over glasses
0: water is its booze it can barely run it can barely see anymore (laughs) when he awoke the next morning you guessed it the craft had disappeared again shitting hell at this point the boys were tearing their hair out from frustration they just wanted to know what it was but every encounter only opened up more questions who made it what was its purpose how did it keep escaping They resolved to keep on catching it and gleaning whatever information they could. They collected rocks to throw at it to knock it off course. They gathered rope to help restrain it. Anytime it came into view again, they leapt into action. They were experienced spaceship catchers by now. (laughs) They had it down to a fine art, which I love. I think this story is so cool and unique.
1: Absolutely. They're like the Ghostbusters of this one... (laughs) nemesis
0: and they're pretty bad because I can't bust one ghost <laughs> the only ghost that's appeared imagine if the ghostbusters were just like yeah we're having a hard time because he's actually pretty elusive the ghost he can't we keep putting him in our backpack and he just phases out of it you'd say i'm not gonna who you're gonna yeah, call yeah, not, not not you anymore you.
1: It's, it's like uh, Tom and Jerry or something. It's like they're locked in this infinite, never-ending uh, battle of cat and mouse.
0: Yeah. In one instance, they managed to capture the disc and shoved it into the bag again, but this time securing it with tight knots. The last step was to tie the entire bag to one of the boy's wrists, ensuring it would never be left out of sight. As it dangled from his arm, he felt a tug and then... The bag seemed very light all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> when oh. they squeezed it, the bag was empty. <laughs> How is it doing this? All right, well,
1: you gotta uh, look. I don't think the bag's working, boys. At some point, you gotta come up with a different plan.
0: I think, uh, you know, you're operating under the assumption you can trap it in a, a backpack or any type of bag when I think you need a time prison yeah, or some sort of interdimensional portal. To lock it in.
1: Yeah, it's really, it's so hard to picture what the solution is here. I mean, it almost seems like it's a kind of Schrodinger's cat situation. Almost where as soon as it's out of sight, <laughs> it ceases to exist altogether.
0: Yeah, it is and both isn't in the bag anymore.
1: Like if they just sat watching it all night in the in the rice field, would it just stay there? You know what That's I mean? That's a
0: really good point because there's a lot of uh, talk about, you know, them capturing it waterboarding it hitting it with hammers but um i'm not sure if they ever just sat and watched it do whatever it was supposed to do you know it never they never said it was like scanning trees or collecting soil or doing anything it just seems to be floating there yeah uh, up and down which is strange they didn't know it at the time but that was the last day that the boys would ever see the craft (gasps) had enough of their shit but that wasn't the last time anyone would see it Four years later, on the 6th of June, 1976, a nine-year-old girl called Shachiko Oyama was wandering the fields looking for her family cat, when all of a sudden, she spotted something in the sky. A shiny yellow flash caught her attention. She followed the strange object to the edge of the forest, where it quickly zoomed down towards the earth. It bounced off the tree and landed at her feet without making a sound. She bent down to touch the little silver hat. It was solid, but covered with slime. Confused and scared, the girl ran home. But as she did, she says she saw the little silver craft light up, spin around, and shoot back upwards into the sky. Whoa. Even with this second sighting, the case was pretty much all forgotten about until 2004 mm. when the story appeared in a Japanese manga. Really? Yeah, check this out. I thought this was awesome. I had to kit uh, oh, cool. a little kind of uh, screenshot from the manga.
1: This is really cool. So this manga is a, um, yep, yeah, just kind of what you'd imagine standard manga format, but it seems to be detailing exactly what we've talked about, including... Um, the schoolboys and trying to show it to adults. Um, and they've done a pretty good job at recreating exactly what it looked like in the photos, uh, down to the carvings, down to the initial image of it looking like a hat. It looks great. It's pretty cool, isn't it? To say that they've gone into so much detail. Yeah, they, 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 they didn't just, you know, create a, a story loosely based on this. They tried to recreate it beat for beat.
0: Which I actually think is, I mean, what an honor. I mean, it's my dream pretty much for someone to get in contact with me and basically say, hey, we've, we've heard about uh, your your interaction with the Dublin gorilla man hmm. um, from your childhood. We would love to make that into an anime or a manga and adapt it um, to really tell your story and get it out there. Because, you know, ever since it's happened, I feel like I haven't been vocal about mm-hmm. it, um, my experience with the creature. And um, well, you've tried, but it's
1: just it's just so
0: sorry. You know, you finished the thought well, I'd kind of, I'd kind of finished it. It was just, it would be an honor to have someone take, uh, take interest in that case and it develop it possibly into like a Netflix uh, series or something like that, where I could.
1: It would be an honor. You know, it would be an honor if someone could just wipe my ass for me instead of me <laughs> having to do it. It would be an honor. I don't. For I
0: don't understand.
1: Sure, I mean everyone would love. I'll you know, it's just wiping. like a a dumb <laughs> little idea, right? Well, to, it's be, just, to be was, turned into a Netflix movie. I don't see how you connect those two.
0: I think just because it was something quite traumatic in mm-hmm. my life growing up. So to to just be given the time and... Um, well, it's
1: traumatic to realize you're a liar.
0: Well, I think maybe if you would read the manga, you would understand that, uh, you know, there was actually a lot that went into you it. You made and, the manga? Well, yeah, I drew I drew some illustrations and I just think that it could be a launching point for someone to... Make a a full series about it. Here, if I just hand you the the, the comic, because I've done. A oh yeah, sh- let like me just take pages. a little. No, dude, come on. And that's what we do
1: with liars <laughs> and bullshit on this show. That
0: took me weeks to get that done. Yeah, I can see that. I actually I hired an animator on from Twitter to actually work on a lot of that so that's actually it's a pity that
1: the pencil work and the coloring was so expert on such a nonsense fairy tale
0: and i think we've said quite enough and i think we should move on Uh, fine fine just you know if you do work at netflix and you want to get in touch about possibly turning my story into an anime uh yeah if anyone
1: on netflix um just wants to uh throw their career away And just make something uh, make a show out of absolutely nothing
0: it's rude it's rude to say that get in touch touch with rory yeah talk to rory if you want to just ruin your life (laughs) well after their manga which was a little more successful than mine suddenly there was enough interest in the case to reopen it this time finally with some adults involved in charge of the inquiry was kazuo hayashi the head of the japan space phenomena society So they didn't just get an adult involved. They got the adult involved. The head honcho. That's pretty smart,
1: actually. Yeah.
0: Kazuo studied the original witness accounts before he went to re-interview all the boys. Each of them recounted the story exactly right, confirming the original details without wavering one bit. Mm Hmm. He was impressed with their consistency and all of the data and photographs that they had taken at the time. Ultimately, he was convinced that something had happened, but he had to keep digging to find out what. By the end of his investigation, he reached what he thought to be the only logical explanation, that the object had somehow slipped into our world from another dimension.
1: Wow, that's the only possibility?
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's the only possibility. <laughs> I like uh, that, you know, the kids tried for so long to get an adult involved. Then even the kids
1: were like, all right, cool it. <laughs>
0: Like, he didn't even say weather balloon. Usually that's one of them. He's
1: starting to actually think that we're aliens (laughs) visiting him to teach him about the f***ing
0: disk. Uh, Look, we've talked enough about the craft. It's time for us to go over some of the possible theories to see if we can get to the bottom of it. Maybe make our own minds up. That'd be great. All right, first off on the list of what this thing could possibly be or the reasoning behind it, we have, of course, aliens. This is a disk related to aliens sent down by aliens, controlled by aliens. As we know, it, this thing doesn't obey the laws of physics. Apparently not. Not gravity or existing. It just kind of dips in. And I guess maybe that's where the parallel di- dimension thing comes in. Yeah. This thing is just just disappearing from backpacks.
1: And the, willy techni- nilly. And the technology does appear to be uh, sufficiently advanced that, I mean, this metal, they couldn't even dent it, damage it in any way.
0: Mm. Yeah, so it's really doesn't seem like it's something from another planet. Uh, Another possible option is spy technology. Uh, You know, the events of this story did happen during the Cold War, where uh, when tensions were pretty high. Could it have been an early Soviet spy drone, or possibly some uh, Japanese technology they were working on that is top secret?
1: It's certainly possible um I mean were the technologies that advanced at that time I mean the they're whole, not now the whole thing sounds suspiciously like a drone today sure but yeah I don't know if you've seen videos of drones online they're very easy to damage yeah uh <laughs> I've seen drones hit like spiders webs and they <laughs> crash into a million pieces um, yeah. I don't think if you smashed it for an Hours and hours with a hammer that it would ever fly again.
0: Yeah, there's something, something quite uh, sad about having this piece of equipment worth a hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. But if, uh if a so much as a bumblebee flies into the rotary blades, yeah, it will explode. It will barrel towards the earth at a hundred miles per hour. It's done. Yeah. Which, uh, something kind of beautiful about that, about Mother Nature beating the machines kind of like war of the worlds you know it is
1: actually pretty beautiful
0: just you know something to think about you know you can uh you could build all the machines you want in this world you know you could build a 20 foot robot man but at the end of the day he who controls the bees controls the world okay i don't
1: think the moral of the story is that bees can destroy the machines i really think think people
0: underestimate bees okay i think that 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 was a different point well, what was your moral?
1: You said a minute ago that the point was that nature can destroy the machine world. Yeah. And then you seem to get sidetracked with bees well, that's pretty all powerful
0: or something. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think you're getting confused here. The bees kill the machine. How is that not beautiful? I think I said... They, something if so they hit, sweet. If they hit it. Right, we don't have to get so bogged down with
1: the bees. What
0: if they hit a bird or uh, a tree? I hadn't thought about that. So you're saying you know you could build these machines sorry let me start over again let's get some nice music and things going here because this is like these are important quotes sound bites to take away from this podcast sure yeah you can build your machines you can build a 20 foot 30 foot metal man made of fiberglass and all the little electricity (laughs) sorry fiberglass will you shut the up for a second okay you're ruining the sound bite this has to be a clean thing This is the shit people are going to remember when I die. They're going to remember these quotes. So I don't know if they will. It's very debatable. Roll roll the music again, please. No interruptions. It's beautiful to think you can build these machines. These 20-foot, 30-foot metal men made of fiberglass and all the electricity that Father Tesla can muster. And in that twisted world of wires and fires that truly... He who controls the seagulls and the bees controls the world. And I might just be one man, standing alone in an army of metal madness. But in this twisted, cloudy fog, I see the light. I see the hive. Oh, honey. It's the queen, Mother Nature
1: you selling so then, Honey Nut Cheerios <laughs> and an <then> I know
0: <laughs> honey they taste good I'm dressed as the f***ing sugar puff man <laughs> he who controls the bees tastes great like you can't say that that's Tony the Tiger's copyright <laughs> oh shit so I think I should have written something for the day uh, so that was just you know I don't know that was just whatever Some off the top of my head I guess it's, just, no, like, it's sure. just poetic and interesting. Just an interesting thought. I mean, we'll
1: cut it for sure, but it was fun to Well, like it's my episode and I'll s- decide what gets a cut ball. or not. I don't you know, know why you're so hung up on it. Like, a, what did you say? A 20 to 30 foot man made of metal and fiberglass?
0: Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, like the future soldiers of the world have nothing against the current soldiers... Of the hive. Of the hive. Exactly <laughs> okay, right. You're you understanding. It's always been about the bees. Because sure. you said some shit earlier about birds. Okay. What happens if a bee flies in a bird's beak? It, it dies. Eat it. Really? I'm they sure eat some it?
1: birds probably even eat bees.
0: Really? Is that true? Probably. I gotta make a call. Christopher, cancel the bees. Yeah, I just found out some really damning. Yeah.
1: Cancel the bees shouldn't be in your vocabulary <laughs> as a phrase.
0: Cancel the bees, Christopher. Here's something that just uh, was revealed to me. You lied. You lied to me, Christopher. You told me the bees were the apex predator of the Who world. Is Christopher, he's my bee guy. All right, and I, he actually you promised me. Guy. He promised do you me. You keep
1: bees? Do you make honey? No, I don't keep honey. Why do you have a bee guy then?
0: Because when the twenty foot, nay thirty foot. Metal, metal machine, metal, metal men of, of the world start knocking on your door, yeah. telling you to obey or die. What are you going to do when you're empty-handed? 30 foot empty is so high, they out they're not going to be knocking on your door. You think there's... Who are they? Are they robots? They're, every, they're robots and they're men. They're robots and they're men. Do you understand? And just don't come crying to me. Don't come knocking right, on my hive when, when it's the end of the world and you're empty-handed and empty-handed and you need some help because me and Christopher are going to be just fine. Christopher, though, Can I do tar- cancel the I actually, bee order. Do cancel the bee order, Christopher. You've actually changed
1: my mind. If I could get Christopher's number because I feel like I could do with some bees You want not- the bees?
0: But what about you said birds eat bees? You said that birds eat bees, right? Is that true? It's absolutely oh, not hold true. Hold on. Babe. Give me a second. Hey, Siri, do birds eat bees? No. Sir- hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. She won't listen to me. She's one of them. <laughs> my God. <laughs> Siri is a 20-foot, nay, 30-foot 30 30 foot metal oh, man. woman.
1: <laughs> a booming voice comes from the phone.
0: Christopher, release them!
1: Christopher releases a single bee <laughs> that stings you in the ass.
0: The other, the other possible explanations were, uh, this is a dumb one a driving range was set up nearby and apparently the lights that illuminate it sometimes made birds look like UFOs.
1: F*** off.
0: Yeah. I hate when people come out
1: with explanations like this as if that's like the biggest f***ing checkmate. I know. It's like, did you not hear the story that they abducted this thing and like did experiments on it photographed it
0: there's a picture of one of the children holding
1: it there's pictures of it it's not a f***ing bird
0: (laughs) we go back and look it's a seagull actually it's actually
1: a (laughs) seagull eating a bee and it died because it couldn't digest the bee (laughs) michio is a 20
0: nay 30 foot man uh the last theory is of course that the whole thing could have been an elaborate hoax One of the kids could have found this weird looking hat thing and just made the whole thing up. That would explain why there are so many photos of it, but I don't know. I mean, we've seen photos of it. I think a kid would have a pretty hard time replicating that. Yeah. I mean, it's not, as we said, it really doesn't look like anything that would be like a part of something else. Mm. You know, it's not a scrap from a car. It's really weird and unique. And I mean, the carvings alone... How are you getting those carvings onto metal? How's a kid doing that? That's
1: very interesting. Uh, to be honest, I hadn't even dwelled too long on the idea that this could be a hoax when indeed it could. And that would explain why the kid's dad didn't give a shit because that's a neat little explanation for why they didn't get any uh, adults involved. Um, the only counter to that is of course, this, this, uh, UFO fanatic who, uh, decided that it was a UFO. Yeah, all those Um, years later. So it also comes down to, I guess he's the only outside witness. Um, Do we trust him?
0: So a good point. Do we trust him? Do we trust those kids? Do we trust the evidence that we can see with our own two eyes? For people Um, who
1: pretty much live and breathe the phrase, trust no one, this is a difficult conclusion to swallow. It really
0: is. Um, And yet we were here at that conclusion. Um, It's time to decide, Kit. This case today, what are we calling it? The Kara UFO case in Japan. What are your thoughts? Shit, Rory, this is a case of a
1: lifetime. Um, this is absolutely massive. And thank you and well done and congratulations for thank you. Uh, thank you. for for uh, ripping this one a new a-hole. And thanks, of course, to Amy Grisdale for researching it as well. There's a lot to unpick. It's a really fascinating play-by-play because it's so different to many of the other investigations we do, which are maybe... Um, crazy, flashing the pans, like you say. Uh, This is so methodical. We have this um, elaborate history of investigation by these boys, but we're still left at the end with a giant question mark, which is just, do we trust them?
0: Yeah, ultimately, that's kind of what it comes down to. Because
1: there's no other explanation for the thing itself. I don't think personally that it's possible that this is some kind of military technology, some kind of weather balloon, some kind of bird. No, this is either paranormal or it, none of it happened.
0: Yeah. I think that's a, that's a safe, uh, a safe assumption to make. And, you know, we do, we, 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 we do say, you know, again and again on this podcast, do we trust children? But uh, something to bear in mind now is that these children are men now, men older than us. It's true. And they, to this day, stick by their story word for word. Um, So that's something to think about. That's definitely something to think about, you know, as a group of people who, from what I can tell, have nothing to gain from sticking to that story. You know, they haven't made TV shows. They weren't responsible for that manga. That was just someone else with an interest. It's interesting to hear that even today, they're like, yeah, of course, it's all real. You've seen the pictures. It exists. And that's why I'm going yes this week. (gasps) That's right. This case is a yes. Yes. If we don't say yes on a paranormal case where with. they capture a UFO and photograph it, then what are we gonna say yes
1: to? That's a call to arms, if ever I've heard one, brother. And I'm gonna respond with an emphatic
0: yes. Hey! Ooh. 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 We finally did it, folks. Ooh. After Ooh. the no drought, we come in with the double yes wow well done well done thank you so much everyone for listening to this week's episode of this paranormal life what a joy to get a yes um i didn't i didn't know going into that one which way i was gonna tip but i think there is just too much here there's too much going on that uh even if we can't decide what happened we can decide that it was definitely not normal and i think that's safe We've got to get the message out there and hopefully um, dig up more dirt in this one. We'd love to hear more. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. And thank you to Pia Helen for sending that one in. That was an email submission sent into thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. There was also submissions sent into the This Paranormal Life Facebook page, The Secret Society. Lots of fun ways to get involved and uh, become part of a... Uh, a really interesting group of people.
1: And then after the fact, uh, shout out to um, Reina and Shabazz, who both sent in some great information about Jin in um, a recent episode.
0: This is great because it, uh, you know, it means that we're learning new things, we're finding new cases, but also we know that we're covering cases that you guys want us to talk about. It's a dream. It's a win-win. If you enjoyed today's episode and you just can't get enough of that paranormal goo... You're going to want to head on over to This Paranormal Life, Patreon.
1: (gasps) What? Rory? What? You, uh... That was weird. You were in the middle of shouting out about Patreon and you fell asleep?
0: No, I was... Really?
1: Yeah, sorry, you went. Just, I think to quote, you went Patreon, and then you sorry, started just, snoring. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was a bit, but that was just a bit. You big look pretty episode groggy, actually.
0: I, it was late late, 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 late night, late late night last night. I didn't think I need to end, end the show. I, I I think so. My brain is, is going were a little. What are you staying up late doing? Uh, irrelevant. Um, from as little as five pounds, uh, as little as five pounds a month. It's the bees have been keeping me up late at night, by the way. It's also not five at.
1: pounds, by the way. For as little as five bucks. It's something like that. Yeah. Five dollars. All right.
0: It's the, it's the buzzing, the constant buzzing. The whole right. house is basically vibrating 24-7. For as little as five bucks a month, yeah. you can get access to a whole bunch. So you already have new, that many bees. And you, I already have you were I then talking bees. to
1: Chris about cancel the bees. You were going to get more bees. I was going to get a
0: couple more bees. You a know couple. what they say? It's like that old saying. You can never have too many bees. No one's ever said that.
1: Just get the Patreon for
0: thing as little as five for as little as five bucks a month. You can get access to a whole hive of sweet, delicious honey. Okay. Uh, if you <laughs> bonus episodes where Kit and I are buzzing in your ears, telling you all these fantastic paranormal stories. Um, and uh, there's there's also more goodies as well. You can get merchandise from the show. This Paranormal Life T-shirts. If you want to promote the commune, promote the show in style, uh, and also have a uniform that uh, complies with the very strict dress codes of the Paranormal Commune, uh, you're going to want to get some of this Paranormal Life merchandise. Um, fit, for, the, fit for a queen, you could say. And the dress matches. code is a nudist colony. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's no clothes. It's the shirt only. No pants, <laughs> no shoes, no socks. Um, yeah, check it out. It's the the best way to get even more for the show and also support us directly so we can do uh, even more things. Like, even right now, we have our new video set up with the cameras, all of which has been provided by our community. So um, it really makes a difference and we, we massively appreciate it. So thank you. So you got your double yes finally. As always, we will be back next week with a brand new paranormal tale. And until then, folks, remember to live fast, investigate, investigate and double <laughs> baby. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.